sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. If sports talk stations were cars, we'd be the one that you drove the wheels off of in high school, cruising for chicks and going to the game on Friday nights, then forgetting where you parked it till Saturday morning and you had to get your buddy to drive you around looking for it. I think I see it, man. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. As we continue on Sports Grid Channel 204 here on Sirius XM, it's pushing the odds. Matt Peralt with you post-Super Bowl. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Sports Talk Matt. We're going to welcome in the Sports Map Radio audience coming up in the next hour. We've got a lot to come up here. Opening line hard for as well as a conversation with Patrick Everson, senior writer from Covers.com, about the books and what happened in the Super Bowl as, well, we've been talking about all morning. There was something up with the line and the number. And this is an awesome lesson for people who are involved in sports gambling or people who are you know, new to sports gambling. You might have gone, well, Kansas City is going to roll, right? They're the better football team. They've got the better quarterback. And they're a dynasty, right? Oh, here they come back-to-back. One, it's really hard to win back-to-back championships. That's just a fact, okay? It's why it hasn't happened since 2003, 2004 when the Patriots did it. It's really, really hard. Secondly, it is... A, it is a tell when the books and on this show and other shows across the sports grid, you know, and, and sports map audiences as well, where you have John Sheeran, you've got other bookmakers coming on and saying, look, we're comfortable at minus three. We're comfortable where we are. We don't need to move the number. And you have to ask yourself, well, why is that? If you're getting 85% of the money coming in on one side, why is that? Why aren't you worried? Look, bookmakers have an army of people with an amazing amount of computer power to go and do simulations and to watch games and to break down games. And the general public, football is a hobby. Football is an escape. Football is entertainment, okay? So you're adding to the entertainment, right? The final meal of football, and you're adding a little spice to it by throwing some money on it. When the books are taking action, and it's all one-sided, I saw numerous publications from sports gambling people that I trust and I like, and everyone was KC minus three. Everyone was on the Chiefs. Now, the, the total was a different story, but everyone was on the Chiefs. And I asked that question on Thursday on my Twitter account, at Sports Talk Matt. I said, don't we know this by now? Haven't we learned this lesson that when everyone's going one way in the sports gambling media on top of the regular media, on top of the fans, when everyone's on one side and the books aren't reacting, that should be the red flag. There's the warning sign. There's the lesson, right? I always try to teach my daughter about, like, you know, when you lose, how do you handle what happens next? How do you handle your emotions? How do you handle your anger? What happens when you're wrong? What happens when you lose? And when you lose, and if you were somebody holding a losing ticket last night, you should learn, okay? It's not the end of the world. It's one bet. As I've talked about on this program and I talk about on my podcast and everything else, about the fact that you have to be able to absorb the losses. Flat wagering, conservative play. Yesterday was the Super Bowl. I understand it, but you should not have gotten crazy. I had a ridiculous mark yesterday, but I bet a quarter unit on nearly every play yesterday. Okay, I went 13-4. and 
but I could have gone four and thirteen. It's just as easy, in my opinion, to go four and thirteen on a day as it is to go thirteen and four. I don't want that to happen, clearly, but you can have that happen. So I was all those bets except the I bet five bucks on the coin flip and I bet a quarter and a half a unit on the shortest touchdown. Everything else for me was a quarter unit yesterday, and I went thirteen and four. Okay? So when you have that type of run and you're hot, it's awesome. But you have to understand that just because that happens, I'm not mad at myself for not betting more. And the, the, the quick knee-jerk reaction would be to say, oh, man, if I had bet a half a unit or a full unit on every one of those plays, look what I would have been up. I could have been up, man, like you know, 10 units. I had some plus money hits. Patrick Mahomes to throw a pick was plus 140. Okay? An NBA play that was plus 125 that hit. I mean, there are things in there that you can do that what if. But I also understand that after gambling for as long as I've been gambling, losing happens. And when you lose, you got to learn. And now, the next time this comes around, the next time you see the entire public going one way, the pros going kind of 50-50, but a lot of them going with Kansas City, and the media, the sports gambling media, all going KC, KC, KC. And the book says, I'm comfortable. We're comfortable where we are. I don't need to worry about my 85% liability. Now, there's other things in play here, okay? I know if you're an experienced person in gambling, you're going, well, Matt, wait a minute. What about the Bucks liability? What about the Chiefs, you know, money line liability? What about parlay liability? It's all things that factor into the number, okay? It's not just a straight, you know, in a bubble, one bet. But I saw enough. I heard enough to question what was going on behind the window and why we weren't looking at three and a half across the board. Three and a half should have been the number or four or more should have been the number given the liability. It didn't happen. I'm not saying the books, well, they knew, but they kind of did. They telegraphed it. They said, look, there's a real good shot. Bucks are going to win this game. Now, they didn't know by how much. I don't think anyone thought, I didn't think, it was going to be a blowout. In fact, again, I picked the Chiefs to win by three. That's why I bet the hook. I said three and a half, give it to me. I didn't bet money line one way or the other. I just said, look, there's a good chance the Chiefs win by three. I'm taking the hook because the books are telegraphing. They're not moving off a three. They think three is the right number. They think the game falls three. Instead, it's a blowout win for the Bucks, plus three and a half cashes. We'll get to the under later in this hour, but it was a very fun night. I had a ball betting the Super Bowl. One of the best betting days for me from a numbers perspective, not a monetary. I've definitely had bigger days betting and winning money. But from just a straight record standpoint, getting 13 of 17 bets correct on one day on a Super Bowl day is really fun and really cool. More to come. Pushing the eyes. We welcome Sports Map Radio next here on Sports Grid. Shout out 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Wow. Out of Las Vegas, Nevada, by way of Boston, Massachusetts, here he is, Matt Perron! So Saturday night, I did not have a good night betting, and I was concerned about Sunday, because I had Overeem to upset Volkov in the heavyweight fight that was part of Fight Night here in Vegas on Saturday night. 
did not happen. Volkov destroyed Overeem, and it was kind of a uh-oh moment. And then I said, okay, let's see what happens early in the day. Let's see what happens going into the Super Bowl. So I ended up betting the coin flip, five-buck bet on heads. It hit. I was like, all right, let's see what happens. And then as the day progressed, it was just one check, just me, one check mark after another. Cash, cash, cash. I mean, it was everything was hitting. And I just kind of like was watching the game with my eyes open going like, what the, this is crazy. Like this is playing out exactly how I thought it was going to play out. <laughs> taking the bucks three and a half, taking the under 56 and a half, taking the first quarter under, taking the under for the shortest touchdown, Ronald Jones getting big carries, Devin White being all over the field, Leonard Fournette, three and a half plus receptions, over three and a half receptions, and then the icer, the kicker, Mahomes, interception, boom. <laughs> I mean, that was a perfect game plan. And here's the thing. If you are a KC Chief fan this morning or a football fan this morning that lost, and you're saying that football is rigged, that the game was rigged, you need to go back and watch the game again, okay? Do me a favor, watch the game again. And watch the way the game was played, not refereed. Were there some questionable calls? Yeah. Okay, sure. Did the Bucks get a big call against the Packers? Of course they did. But that's not why they lost the game. The referees didn't give the game to the to the to the Bucks. If that's your angle this morning, that it's rigged and the referees gave the game, you aren't watching football and you're just mad that you lost. And I've been there. I've been there. I've been holding a losing ticket because things didn't go the way that I wanted them to go. And I'm mad about it. And I'm looking around for someone to blame. I'm looking around to, to point fingers at somebody. And I don't want to just admit that my team or the team I bet on got owned. Brady only threw for 201 yards, three touchdowns. But how about Rob Gronkowski, man? This is an interesting tweet from Lindsay Adler, who covers the Yankees for The Athletic. But she wrote today on Twitter, honestly, the fact that Rob Gronkowski has existed as a bonehead party man for as long as he had without winding up in any big scandals is more astonishing than anything Tom Brady has done or will do. Here's the thing. Is he really... Is, is Gronkowski, is the act the real Gronk? Because if you look at it, and, and I've followed him and his girlfriend on social media for a long time. Camille Kosick is a very engaging personality. She's had a great career modeling, and the two of them have really have become like one of the it couples in sports. She does not come off as somebody who is, you know, that would be with anyone of questionable character. I think Gronk's got everybody fooled. I think Gronkowski is really a nice dude who plays a you know a, a meathead personality character for card, and everyone buys it because it's good for business. But I don't know if that's the real Rob Gronkowski. In particular, I'm not sure if Tom Brady would associate with someone who is of questionable character. And you could go, wait, Matt Antonio Brown. Okay, yeah, but Brady has tried to keep Brown away from that stuff, and. In Tampa, for as well, for what we know, at least, Antonio Brown kept himself out of the headlines and kept himself out of trouble. So, I don't know. I, I think Gronk's got everybody fooled. From there, the four big stories. We call this the hard four. 
It's time for the Hard Four on Pushing the Odds with Matt Peralt. All right, number one, Bucks win the championship last night in blowout fashion. We talked about it for two weeks. The books wouldn't move that number, 80. 85% of tickets being written on Kansas City. The books were fine with it. Minus three, solid, plastered, cemented. It did go to three and a half at certain books at certain times last week. That's when I grabbed it. But for the most part, I, I didn't touch. I didn't tease the game. I didn't touch the total. Plus three and a half. And the under. Both hit. Both win. The Bucks are champs. CBS's call. One more snap, would you have guessed, when this impossible season was trying to launch, that you'd get it all in, you'd get to Tampa, and when the Super Bowl ended, the ball would be in the hands of Tom Brady. I don't know why we ever think it won't. 1-0 the record for teams playing the big game in their home stadium. Brady's got seven now. Seven and ten tries. No one's ever going to match that. Incredible number for Tom Brady. Look, he is an unbelievable player with an unbelievable mind as well as an incredible, incredible work ethic. This championship might be the most impressive. In fact, Rob Gronkowski thinks, who just won his fourth ring with Brady, this one tops them all. It's hands down one of the greatest accomplishments in sports history. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's the greatest, but I would say it's up there for sure. You know, to come down here to Tampa, uh, come to an organization that was ready to win, uh, come come down here with the players that, you know, they're all fantastic players, great guys, just everyone overall. I mean, just the story is just unbelievable. And uh, it definitely ranks up there as, you know, one of my biggest accomplishments ever. Number three, the MVP went to Brady, but I can speak for friend of the program, Ariel Epstein, Sports Grid. Monster ticket on Devin White to win the MVP. Devin White was the MVP, man. He was unbelievable. He was everywhere on that field. Brady gets it. I don't think that was right, but fine. The defense is why the Buccaneers won that game. And plus three and a half, I bet it because of the Buccaneer defense, not because of Tom Brady, but White after the game said he was shocked that people kept doubting on Tampa. I mean, we didn't take it personally, but it was just crazy to us that we were still underdogs. We defeated Drew Brees. We defeated Aaron Rodgers. And then we was like, he was the MVP and we still was underdogs. <laughs> Man, we just knew we had, we just wanted to win the Super Bowl. We didn't really care about what the media was saying because the media is not out there on the field. Hey, so like I said, man, we don't even keep score. We just run that up and leave. Fourth and finally, over the weekend before the game, Andy Reid's son, who has battled drug and alcohol addiction, was involved in a multiple car crash that sent a, sent a child to the hospital with life-threatening Ill injuries. Britt Reid was on the coaching staff for the Chiefs, did not travel to the game, but Andy Reid, after the game, tried to separate his personal feelings and his family from the team's loss. I'd be lying if I didn't tell you my heart bleeds for the, the people involved in it. I, I mentioned that, Diana. And so, uh, but... And again, we had put the game plan in the week before, and so the the distraction wasn't a distraction as far as the game plan goes. That that was already in, and kind of how we were going to work with it and, and go forward. So I would tell you, you know, I mean, anything. That's a it's a loaded question, Diana. I, I uh, from a human standpoint, yeah, it uh, it's uh, it's a tough one. Uh, from a football standpoint, two separate things. From a football standpoint. Uh, you know, that wasn't, I don't think that was uh, the problem. Our four big stories on a post Super Bowl pushing the odds 702751. Matt, our text line 702751 6288. Opening line 
I'm going to ask you to give me a little bit of time to get on. Maybe a soapbox is the wrong word, but I got to crow a little bit here. I got a lot to say to Kansas City today, and I, I found it very interesting that for a team that had players calling themselves a dynasty, for a team that had players doing backflips into the end zone, that when they got a taste of their own medicine – they wound up crying and whining about it. Tampa did to the Chiefs what the Chiefs have been doing to to teams for the last couple of years. And they got a taste of their own medicine, and they didn't like it, which is typical, right? Bullies don't like to be bullied. And the Bucks bullied the Chiefs. We'll get to that coming up next. More on the Super Bowl, the win for the Bucks, the cover, the under, and the books. What happened? Patrick Everson hits us at 40 past the hour from covers. Next opening line here on Pushing the Odds. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Champion Chase, he's running down the middle of the 40. Arms in the air and a victory salute. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Pull up those pants. He's being chased to the 30. He breaks a tackle from a security guard. The 20, down the middle, the 10, the 5. He slides at the 1, and they converge on him at the goal line. Pull up your pants, take off the paw, and be a man. And the players with hands on hips at the other end of the field are looking at him and shaking their head and saying, why, oh, why is this taking place in a Super Bowl? And Kevin, if you're going to run that far, get into the end zone. Don't slide at the one. You got to score once you got on the field. Get into the end zone, my man. Lord, now they're cuffing him. But pull up his drawers, whatever you do. (laughs) How good is Kevin Harlan? He's so good. That was on the official radio call of the Super Bowl. Here's kind of a weird thing, though, from that. And this was pointed out by a couple of people on Twitter last night. So if you need a timeout, like say you got a guy in the stands, and if there's some way to get around security, I don't know if it's like a, like a weakness you find in security, but that was a free timeout. That game stopped. Stopped the clock. Fan on the if you're at the end of the game, if you're on a you know a drive and you need a timeout or something, and you send a bat signal to the, to the the crazy in the in the stands who wants to hop onto the field and make a name for himself, why not? <laughs> I mean, we have not had that nonsense all year because there haven't been fans in stands, but that was that was just part of the Looney Tunes atmosphere that was going on yesterday in the Super Bowl. But really interesting. Now, according to Sports uh, Sports Center and ESPN, Tom Brady sent text messages to Tyron Matthew after the game for the on-field verbal altercations. Okay, Tyron Matthew after the game went to the media and said, "Quote: He called me something I won't repeat." 
Actually, sorry, he, sorry, he tweeted that, excuse me, and then he deleted it. He called me something I won't repeat, but yeah, I'll let all the media throw me under the bus as if I did something or said something to him. Go back to my previous games against TB12. I showed him nothing but respect. Look at my interviews about him. I show grace. I'm not pointing this out directly for Tyron Matthew. I don't think this is a Matthew conversation. But this is what Tyron Matthew said after the game about the comments that Brady said to him where he was literally running at him and telling him, I'm coming after you all game. The exchange you and Brady had earlier in the game, uh, what, what kind of what was the uh, exchange between you guys, and how did that affect your play the rest of the game? I don't think it affected my play at all. I thought I played as hard as I can today. Um, you know, listen, Tom Brady's a great quarterback. Um, you know, uh, I never really saw that side of Tom Brady, to be honest. Um, uh, but whatever, no comment. Uh, it's over with. I'm done with it. We have. Patriot fans, we've seen that side of Brady. He does it for a reason. He will look at a player, and if that player has talked or that player says something or that player is doing something that Brady doesn't like or if Brady has not had good success against the guy, he plays a mental game with you. He does that to you. You aren't expecting that. You just heard it from Tyron Matthew. He wasn't expecting Tom Brady to come at him like that. Now, what did he call him? Who knows? It, unfortunately, given today's day and age, it sounds like he's referencing a racial slur, but he didn't say that. And so it's kind of like, okay, you're towing that line. I'm not going to repeat what he said, but like, well, okay, what did he call you? Did he say something that was really disgusting? Did he say something that was racial? Did he say something that was just an insult that guys say on the football field or in the heat of battle all the time? And what a, so, like, you're leaving that door open and allowing people to fill the void, and that's not very smart, in my opinion. Brady is going to try to tamp it down always because that's what Brady does. It's the controversy side of Brady. He does not like to be in the media with controversy ever. He wants to pull it down, tamp it down, and apologize, and he'll say over and over again, he'll never say anything on camera that could be used or seen as being volatile or inappropriate or disrespectful. That's not what Brady does. But on the field, he will do everything he can do to win. And he clearly thought he had an angle there. Because bullies don't like to be bullied. The Tariq Hill backflip into the end zone clearly stuck with that Tampa team. And that's an awesome story. It's hard to beat teams twice. The Patriots early in the year beat the Giants in 2007, and that storyline was not played up nearly enough. That the Patriots had beaten them up, beaten them down, and that the Giants had held on to that, and when they saw them in the Super Bowl, they were ready. And they knew what to do, and they knew how to attack it because they had seen it before, and they were fired up and motivated because the Patriots were 16-0, they were 18-0, and they had 18-1 t-shirts all ready to go to go ahead and show that the Patriots were not as good as everyone thought that they were. And the same thing happened on the flip side here because the little peace symbol that Hill did, that he does to so many people, that disrespect, you have no grounds to talk about anyone else taunting you, you know, doing disrespectful things. The Chiefs have been disrespecting the NFL and other teams in the NFL for years. I'm cool with it. Just be able to take your own medicine. The 
are having a tough time with it, and the fans are really having a tough time with it because they thought this was a coronation, not a contest. And that's the problem. When you walk into games and you think the game's already over, you get beat. In particular, in football, you get beat. The team that's hotter, the team that's got more motivation, the team that's hungrier. The Chiefs all year had issues. All year. And Antonio Winfield going up to Tariq Hill and giving him the two-finger peace sign in his face when the game was over was beautiful. That was beautiful. And even the youngster couldn't contain himself when he was asked about it afterwards. He even had to admit how good it felt. The taunting, man, I, it's something I just had to do. Um, when we played him earlier, you know, Hill went off on us. He backflipped in front of my face, gave me the peace sign. So it was only right that I gave him the peace sign right back to him. At this moment, it, it felt amazing to be able to do that. <laughs> Not even going to lie. Good for you. Be honest. Show emotion. Tell the truth. That felt great. That was revenge. That was embarrassing. You showed me up. You embarrassed me. Everyone was watching. That was a nationally televised game, and I got to pantsed. So, yeah, I enjoyed going up to Tariq Hill and giving him a piece of his own medicine. And now it's up to the Chiefs to figure out where they go now. What happens next? But what's dead is any talk of dynasties. They may win next year. They may win three out of four. And then we'll look back and say, that was a Chief dynasty. You got a 25-year-old quarterback. You got great players, great coaches all coming back. KC's going to be, look at the odds. They're the odds on favorite to win it next year. Okay? But that's why I freaked out. And everyone was like, well, look how good they are. Who's going to beat them, Matt? When you heard Travis Kelsey talk about the D word after one ring, we're going to build a dynasty here in Kansas City. What are you talking about? Dynasties. What are you, dynasties? Huh? That's not what you talk about after one championship. A lot of teams have won one championship. A lot of quarterbacks have won one championship. The greats win multiple. Two, three, four, seven. Now, Tom Brady's 2-0 heads up in the postseason against Patrick Mahomes. We never saw Michael and LeBron play together. The conversation about Brady being the greatest of all time is officially over. There is no conversation. There is no debate. Don't give me Montana. Don't give me anybody else. It is over. He's got seven rings. He's 7-3 and three all time in the Super Bowl. Okay? Tom Brady's incredible. And if you are a Patriot fan and you're angry about what happened yet last night and you're mad that the Bucs won, shame on you. Okay? Shame on you. Because that was fun to watch. The Patriots have a long way to go, and they may never win again, and I'm cool with it because Tom Brady gave the Patriots six championships, a franchise that was not so far removed from where the Bucks have been in the toilet. And then Brady, Belichick, and company shows up, and the combination of the two guys went to nine of these. Tampa's gone to one. They're one and one. That's great. Nine championships the Patriots went to. Winning six at six and three. The Chiefs have a lot of answers, a lot of questions to answer, rather, next year. The offensive line was a mess. Patrick Mahomes was pressured. The toe surgery potentially for Mahomes. And then what happens when teams now no longer fear the Chiefs? Because they are now mortal. They can be exposed and they can be beat. And we've seen it. 
Not just like the Raiders beating them, but no, in a Super Bowl, they can lose. It's an amazing season. But the referees are not why the Buccaneers won. You got beat at the point of attack by a more physical, more dominant, and more prepared football team. That's what happened. Both tackles being out was ridiculous. It was huge. And the Bucs took advantage. And Todd Bowles had a tremendous defensive game plan in place with some tremendous football players. Again, Devin White was the MVP of that game, not Tom Brady. Writers got lazy. Fine. Brady wins it. It's a quarterback award. Shouldn't have happened. That was all. Heck, Gronkowski had a bigger factor in the win, in my opinion, than Tom Brady did. But for Kansas City fans, get off Twitter. Stop complaining about the referees. Go watch the game again. The refs had nothing to do with it. The bully got bullied. That's what happened. And you're not used to it. Okay? Okay. Bottom line, you're not used to it. What happens next is a real big question for KC. Patrick Everson, Covers.com senior writer. Let's talk about the wins, the props, and what the books had happened to them yesterday here on Pushing the Odds. We are the first 24-hour network giving you the most. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. So that, the call on CBS, pushing the odds here on a Monday following the Super Bowl. We are chasing for a second Patrick Everson, senior writer from Covers.com. Normally, Patrick's pretty good, so maybe having some phone issues or I don't know. Hopefully, everything's okay with Patrick, but we'll see if we can grab him here in just one second and get him on about what happened with the books last night. I can tell you this, though. When the books decided that they were not going to move the number and... When we talked on this show to John Sheeran, the director of trading from FanDuel, and he said, look, we're comfortable with our position. We're not moving the number. We're cool with the liability. We're gonna. We're cool with the exposure. The books made a decision, some books, not all of them, but, but, but a lot of the books made a decision in order. They took a position. I mean, that's not typical. They took a position, and that's not your – I mean, in, and we talked on Friday to David Payne Pernum from, from ESPN Chalk who said this is now the new way, of, uh, new way of bookmaking where books are actually taking a position against the public. There are so many people in line, so many people who are out there, they can't afford to move the number. They can't afford to say, okay, we're going to move the number after liability because if we do that, if we move the liability – if we move you know, the number, we're going to get hit with so much professional money. If we go to three and a half or four, the pro is going to come back, and we're going to get all screwed up and lopsided. And then, then we're looking at what happened in 1999, where they call it Black Sunday, where the books opened up at five. They got hammered with under money that it crashed the number down to three, and then they got hit with a ton of over you know, on the three, and the games fell four, and they lost on both sides, and they got middled. And it was disaster. There were books here in Vegas that shut their doors because of it. So that's what they were reward. They were really afraid of doing that, and they didn't want that to happen. So when you heard it, you know, on this show and others, you know, on Sports Grid and others, when John Sheeran's like, "We're not moving the number. We're cool with our exposure," that should have been alarm bells. Like books don't normally do that. This is the Super Bowl, literally. Like we call everything. It's the Super Bowl of. 
well, yeah, this is the Super Bowl of gambling, but it's also the Super Bowl. And the books were comfortable saying, yes, we're not moving the number. We're comfortable where we are. We're cool at three. And I just said, okay, I'm taking three and a half. I'm going to fade the public. I'm going to ride the books, taking three and a half. I had the same philosophy on the under in the game. And the books were taking a pretty, they opened up at 57 and a half. And the number came down to 55 and a half, even though all the books were taking over bets like crazy. Over, 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 over. And it went under, way under. And you look at it and you're like, huh. If someone had told you that the KC Chiefs were not going to win the game, we're not going to score a touchdown in the game, you would have been like, come on, get out of here. And that's exactly what happens. I mean, it was the only public thing that hit was Kelsey's 10 catches for 133 yards. That's it. Everything else went under. And, and we talked to a lot of different people around and professionals that were saying, bet the under on all of the receiving props. And I just went with the most egregious, and that was Tyreek Hill's 98 and a half. And I bet the under. And I got that right <laughs> because it was he came close at the end. He had a couple of garbage time receptions that nearly got him there to the 98 and a half, but he didn't get there. The number was too high. In fact, he didn't even get to the opening number of 86 and a half. So the, those are the games, the, those are the plays in you know, the games inside the games where you just watch the way the public is going. And if the book is not egregiously moving the number, and they did move the number. But they didn't do it aggressively. It wasn't like 86 to 110, right? It wasn't that type of jump. It was 86 to 98. And 12 yards is a lot of yards. But for Tyreek Hill, I don't know how, how big it is. But, I, I mean, I, I, love, I love what happened yesterday for me, clearly, but also as a lesson for all of us in sports gambling to take a look at it and – because it's the Chiefs, everybody just said, well, it's the Chiefs. Normally, under, under these conditions, I'd be on Tampa, but it's the Chiefs. But it's the Chiefs. Normally, this would be a play on the dog, but because it's the Chiefs. We got caught thinking about what had happened versus betting on what will happen. You always got to remember that. Trends and what has happened in the past really have no no influence on the future. We can use it as a guide, but it doesn't change really what happens in a game. You got to handicap the game for what it is using that information, using that data. But what happens if, and you could say, well, Matt, I can't handicap and I can't project and project the referees and what they're going to call. Yeah, that's true. But you can project the fact that two tackles were out for the KC Chiefs. You can say that Todd Bowles had an incredible run. You can say that the Buccaneers' turnover luck has been incredible, because it has been, and they had two more turnovers last night. They consistently got breaks. They made plays. You can say it's luck or just really good defensive game planning to be in the right place at the right time to turn the football over. That's also very true. And that's why I thought Tampa could cover. I still thought they would lose. I'm not going to get up here and tell you guys I thought this would go right. Remember, let's go back to when Brady went to Tampa. What did I say? I bet the over for wins. It was 9.5. I was like, yep, they're winning 10, 11 games, no doubt. They're making the postseason, no doubt. And then they're going to lose. I thought they'd win one playoff game, and then they would lose in the NFC Championship game. That's what I thought. 
Instead, they went on the road, and they were a wild card team, and they won two games, and then they got to the Packers on the road at Lambeau. And I was like, no way. I was like, they're going to lose that game. I bet against Brady three times, and I was 0-3 in doing it. So it's not like I was up here singing Tom Brady's praises, saying I think Brady's going to do this. He's going to run through this team. Okay, That's not what I thought. Eight, until the Super Bowl. <laughs> until the Super Bowl. For the Super Bowl, that was different. Then I was back on Brady. Then I was not going to go 0-4 against Tom Brady, and I was not going to fade Brady in the Super Bowl. I wasn't doing it. It's, it's Tom Brady. And you saw it. You saw why I is the greatest quarterback of all time. The one thing that's interesting, and I, I got to go back, and I think this is the first time Tom Brady was involved in a laugher. In the Super Bowl, I, I think every game has been an outstanding fourth quarter. And in the fourth quarter, that game felt like a f- week 15 game, you know, end of the year. <laughs> Didn't feel like the Super Bowl. Not at the end. Now, it was cool to watch, but it did not have that feel just because the Buccaneers dominated. They completely controlled every aspect of that game. And the margin of victory, you could, I'll give you that, that the refereeing wasn't great in the first half. It was a touch inconsistent. And, you know, some things you got to, you know, the, the, the 15 yard unsportsmanlike conduct flag and things like that. Okay. I, I understand there's some things there that, that, that may have been questionable in the first half, but all that impacted was the margin of victory. That didn't impact, that didn't impact the overall, you know, outcome of the game. Not, n- not at all. Not, not even close. And so for me, I, I look at the way the game was bet and then the in-game wagering. Because at halftime, you know what happened, right? At halftime, everyone bet the Chiefs' money line. The books cleaned up on that. It was at one point at halftime, I think the, the largest I saw was plus 400 for the Chiefs on the money line. But it climbed, and it climbed, and it climbed. Even at 21-6 or whatever, it scored halftime. It, it kept on climbing. It kept on going up and up and up. And some of the numbers are almost, like, unbelievable in terms of what actually happened, in terms of the, the long-shot nature of what actually cashed. KC to score nine points at books that put it up were 100, was 150-1. to one. KC, no touchdown at certain books. This is from our friend Doug Kazarian at Doug ESPN, who found these from William Hill and Caesars. KC, no touchdown, 40 to 1. Mahomes, no touchdown passes, 15 to 1. These all hit. <laughs> these all these all hit. It's like, what in the world? I, if you had told me that the KC Chiefs were going to be held to single digits in the Super Bowl, nobody would have believed you. I wouldn't have believed you. And I was betting on that defense to do well. But given the way that secondary had been torched, everyone was going back to Week 12. That was the thing. That was the one area that I was like, man, I just don't think it's going to be the same story. I don't think it's the same situation. It's not Week 12 again. And Tom Brady keeps on doing this to people. And he is, I mean, the mental game for Brady gets underplayed so much. The ability to bring that willingness, that belief that we're going to win, not maybe, not we think we might, we are going to win. He thinks it into existence. It's a Conor McGregor, 
you know, Oprah Winfrey, the secret type of mind bleep, where you put yourself into a position where losing is not even in your com, it's not even available to think about. You're winning, period. And you're going to win. And the work you're put in, it's going to benefit. It's going to pay off. You're going to wind up where you want to be. And certain people just have that type of methodology and thought process that they can will it to existence. And Brady's one of those guys. He's able to get other people to believe in it, and he's able to get himself ready to go. And he's able to overcome incredible odds. The best thing you can do is tell Tom Brady he can't do it. It's the, I mean, we kind of all laugh and like tell that anecdotal story of during the Brady six, we've got the, you know, Robert Kraft saying that when Tom Brady walked up to him in his first training camp and told Robert Kraft, I'm the best decision this organization organization's ever made. And we're like, aha, what a funny comment. But like, you got to remember, he actually did that as a six round pick. He walked up to the owner and said, I'm the best decision this organization has ever made. Like, Okay, in the hindsight, in, in you know, looking back on it, it's like, oh, wow. But in the moment, think about doing that. You're Tom Brady. You're a six-round pick. Drew Bledsoe is a starting quarterback. He's the highest-paid quarterback in the game. And you go tell the owner that you're the drafting of you, a throwaway six-round pick, was the best decision that the organization had ever made. Huh. <laughs> and he was right. Okay? Cocky, arrogance. Sure. Confidence, supreme. He brings a supreme level of confidence to everything that he does, and he makes other people buy in and believe in whatever he's pushing. The TB12 method, whatever. We can win. Year one, going to Tampa, we can win the whole thing. It's incredible. It's a mental, it's a level of mental confidence and mental strength that maybe we've never seen before in sports. And that includes Jordan, that includes other, you know, LeBron, other incredible players, incredible athletes. Because football is the ultimate team game. LeBron's got four other guys on the court with him playing offense and defense. Brady's got 10 other guys just playing defense, just playing offense. He's got to get the other 11 to believe on defense as well that the team's good enough as a unit to win it all. That's the brilliance of Brady. That's the incredible nature for Tom Brady. We missed Patrick. We hope he's okay. We'll check and see. Hopefully he'll get back to us and let us know what's going on. Things happen. Cell phones die and whatnot. He was very busy yesterday. He was everywhere up early in the morning. More to come. It's pushing the odds. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 0275162888. I'm trying to answer. I've got a bunch of them here in the hopper. I'll answer them hopefully here in a second once uh, we get to some breaks and then get some time to be able to do that, uh, to be able to answer some things. Uh, people are reacting to the fact that Tom Brady reportedly sent apologies to Tyron Matthew. I, I mean, I don't know. In the in the in the air in the spirit of battle, when you're again, I don't think that Tom Brady was trying to 
uh, he, clearly he was insulting Tyron Matthew, but I don't think that was the point. I think, I think if they were on the street, I don't think Tom Brady would have run up to Tyron Matthew and said what he said. But in the game, knowing what Matthew's role is on that defense, knowing his leadership position on that defense, to be able to get him off his game, to go at him, to tell him I'm coming after you, and then go and do it, that's what Brady does. That's what we, we've heard these stories from, uh, you know, a ton of people from, you know, Ross Tucker, who was on the show during the week from former Patriots or guys like Matt Chatham, former Patriot, who's been on the field, been on the uh, on, on the show before about Brady's ability to read the other team, not just what they're doing defensively, but how to screw them up. Like, like what do I need to do to get them off their game? What do I need to do? Who do I need to talk to? Who do I need to push around? What do I got to do? How do I do this? And Brady's able to do it. And he got them off their game defensively. He scored 31 points on the Chiefs. I think we all believe that if one team was going to score 31 points, it was going to be the Chiefs. I can't tell you how many people were telling me on social media channels that KC all spread, KC minus 7, KC minus 13 and a half. So many people that I saw in the public were betting these alt spreads because they could get plus money on Kansas City, and they're like, oh, they're going to destroy. It's not even going to be a game. It's going to be a complete laugher. And that's why gambling is so tough. Because you can think you've got a game nailed, and it doesn't go the way you want it to. All right, we got more to come here on Sports Map Radio. We've got two more hours left. Don't move. You guys on Sports Grid, you got lunchtime with bookmakers with Brian Blessing here in Vegas. Stick around for that on Channel 204. We're back tomorrow for Pushing the Odds on XM. More on Sports Map next year for Pushing the Odds. What is the winning edge? It's sports news you can use. And you can only get it right here. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network.